Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 28 of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Welcome back to our program. A lot of you enjoyed a bonus episode this past week. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know why it's episode 28 and not episode 27. Well, I do. It's because people were kind enough to pre-order Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrir. Yeah. Enough of you pre-ordered that we did a special bonus episode in the middle of the week. Uh, Heads up, everybody. There's a chance to get another bonus episode. You guys are so close. It's stupid close. It's redonkulous. Like, I would almost feel bad at this point if you didn't get the second bonus episode because you're so close. Audible has has the book out. It's going to be available on audible.com. That is another way you can order it. And that is a, that is a way that we... You just kind of said audible.com. Well, I didn't mean to. Okay. I meant to say come. All right. We do talk about come on this show. We do. Um, so audible.com 
is a great place to get a book. If you're a listener of things, you might want to listen to the book, and it will count towards the orders. Honey, how many do we have so far? We have 1,477. That is... (laughs) That is bananas that is 23 shy it's of the magic news. <laughs> uh 23 more people if you've been waiting to do this you have until midnight tonight you're gonna be hearing this probably On monday, monday morning yeah you have until midnight tonight for it to count by the way if you don't get around to pre-ordering it you should still buy the book let's say you're out and about and you're in a barnes and noble or a uh, you've taken a time machine to a Borders that somehow has new releases from the future. Pick up the mm, book. Okay. Had to wrap my head around that. Yeah. yeah. Got it. All about temporal vortexes. Um, well, you know what else people can do that is pretty cool? What is that? This coming Saturday is Independent Bookstore Day. Oh. Getting out in the bookstores or getting out in the action? Yeah. Huh? So there's, if you have an independent bookstore in your I don't. city or town. Oh, I do. You do. Um, they're going to have all kinds of like cool special merch and it's going to be a real celebration. So you could always go on Saturday and pick up the book and maybe pick up some other books too. That sounds, sounds fun, right? Uh, great. Yeah. You know what else people what? could do? Uh, honey, you've got a lot of business up top here. What's going on? Well, you, what else? You know, you started with the business, so I was like, oh, this is all thematically Well, I started business. like with the whole, like, you got a bonus episode, and you can get one more bonus episode if the 23 of you or all so right, you know what? haven't... I'm going to save the rest of this business for later. Yeah. For later in the episode. You guys will just have to wait for the business. Business. This is a business... Uh, business cliffhanger. I am just on the edge of my seat. So, Dory. Yes, Matt. We are. One, we we never use our first names with each other. I know we call that each other odd. Honey. Dum dum. Uh, we say that sometimes. No. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Dum dum. See. Dummy. Yeah, you say that. Like I say dum dum. Yep. That's just the kind of love it's a we term have. Term of endearment. Absolutely. I also call Bo a dum dum. Uh, yeah, we also call Bo Bobo. We do call Bo uh, which Bobo. Which is not his name. I started saying that and then Matt picked up picked on it. Picked it up. Picked it up, started saying it. So, you, we had an interesting discussion this week about the fact that your book is coming out. Yes. And our lives are very stressful right now. Yes. Because of a number of things. Yes. Uh, my life is a little more stressful than normal because I've had to pick up some slack around the home uh, and do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and you had to pick up slack because I got bit by a dog. Right. So I've been essentially Bo's main go-to dude. So I've had to be around quite a bit. Um and now you're getting a taste of what life as a single dad would be. I cannot uh, imagine such a thing. All you single dads and moms out there. <sighs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you walk your kid like four a times a day. Miracle. Um, so we're talking about the fact that your book's coming out. You're very stressed out. And I was just like, isn't it nice that we're not going through a cycle of IVF right now? And it was funny that Matt said that because I had been thinking the exact same thing. In fact, when I had lunch with my friend Kate the other day, mm-hmm. we were talking about this. You're talking about IVF? We were talking about how I feel relieved to not be doing IVF right now. Yeah. 
I just cannot imagine that extra layer of stress on top of everything. No, and it's also it's also like showing me how much of my brain was taken up with IVF. Yeah. How much was taken up, how much will be taken up again. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but like also my time, like in the mornings and, you know, and the unpredictability of it. Yeah. The fact that it starts, you know, whenever your body decides it starts. Yep. Um, and you're never quite sure when it's going to be. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I didn't realize it either. Right. Cause we were just like, we were just like doing it. We were just going, we were just and trying it, to get through it. We should not, honest to God, we should not have stopped to catch our breath. What it's do you mean? It's going to be that much more annoying when we start up again. We had no choice. I know. I know. And you know what? I like, I don't think, I mean, there's no way I could have done the book no. and everything with IVF. I mean, I'm so stressed out. I'm she, so anxious. She's having a very anxious stress day right today. Um, and it's not helping that we uh, have to do this podcast. And I forgot to make up facts for all the donors. And then Dory got mad. Yep. And then I got a little like, oh no, <laughs> where did my time go? Video games. Uh, some of it went to, but congratulations to me. I beat it. All done. But Isn't now you'll great? just try to start from the beginning again, like you no, always do. That that game I cannot imagine starting from the beginning of that game. What game is it again? Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain came out uh, a couple years ago, um, and I never bought it. And then I was like, oh, I should try it. Mm. I got a hiatus coming up, and it was twenty dollars used. Mm. So I tried it, and I played the crap out of it. Sure did. I sure did, everybody. Um, so that's why there are no facts for the donors this well, week. Well, that's not the only why. It's part I mean, it's part of why. <sighs> really just throwing Metal Gear under the bus. Well, you were playing it till like four in the morning. Last night I was playing till four in the morning and did not and could not beat the level. I couldn't do it. I had to come back with a fresh mind and fresh eyes this morning. Mm-hmm. This afternoon after the dog park. Bo, by the way, was very well behaved. I'm really glad to hear it. Last two days I've taken him to the dog park. Yeah, I'm not going to the dog park for the time being. I watch him with an eagle eye. Now that we know his triggers, it's, I think it's easier to handle him. I think that's true. Yeah. You know how many dogs I was checking out to see if they had balls? <laughs> how many? Like all the dogs that were there. I was like, you got balls? You got balls? I feel like sometimes... Why is your dick out? You got balls? I feel like sometimes their no, cool. balls hide. No. I could see all the balls that weren't there. You could? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm just... just... like um, the image of me wandering around checking all the dogs for balls. <laughs> it's... You're the ball checker. It's funny. I mean, honestly, they should have someone at the entrance checking for balls. <laughs> uh, you know... Los Angeles, as a municipality, has a lot of other things they should probably spend money on before nope, they get to... this is top priority. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Should go to the top of everyone's list. I'm going straight to the top. I'm going to the mayor. <laughs> going to write him a letter. To the... Uh, uh, what'd you just do? Oh, did your headphones go out a little bit? Yeah. I, fid- I fiddled, and I shouldn't Stop have. Stop fiddling Are my they headphones. working okay right now? Yes. Great. They're back to normal. Okay. So, uh, we're not going through IVF right now. And it's a relief 
uh you know we're gonna have to start up again probably in june maybe july Ugh, it's coming it's so coming we'll be, we'll be right in the thick of it with you all again and i just like you know obviously i haven't given up but oh no what is this what is this it just it just seems like it's never gonna happen I get, I just like, I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer, a negative Nancy. You, that's what you're being right now. I know. I'm in. A, I think you're projecting. I'm your in stress. a negative Nancy yeah, mood, you're guys. Projecting I'm sorry. Your, you're projecting. I'm sorry. Your I'm not my usual bubbly self today. Okay. Huh, bubbly. Kind of in a sullen teen mode. Yeah, you have been in sullen teen mode. Um, so is Bo. Bo's in Salentine. You know, a girl I went to high school with, a woman I went to high school with, who is in the Facebook group, commented that she enjoyed our reminiscing about my adolescence in Brookline. Um, she went to high school with you? Yes. Oh. She was a year ahead of me. Where'd you like, where would you like skip off to? Oh, you didn't skip school. You weren't that kid. We would what go would to- you do? Would you go to a, would you go to a spa, get a sandwich? Well, the spa, sorry, get a sub. The spa was near my elementary school. For those of you who don't know, in Boston, <laughs> a spa is a deli. Uh, yeah, I don't know the etymology of it. Um, and I, I think it's the only place. It's the only place. I've looked this up. Yeah. Because it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So you'd get a, you'd get a, you get a sub at the spa. Yeah. So there was a spa across the street from my elementary school, Brookline Spa. Yeah. Next to St. Mary's. Um, do you know where that is on Harvard? Yes, I do. I know Harvard. I know very well. Harvard Avenue. It's where I spent a lot of my early twenties, late oh. teens, early twenties. Cool. Well, anyway, that was across from elementary school, but in high school, there was a place called Sealy's. That was, it was a, the name of the place was Sealy's lunch. Yeah. You just call it Sealy's and they had, you know, salads and sandwiches and a real lunch counter type place. And then sometimes if you had a friend who had a car. Oh, yeah? They would, Wait, you had friends and you were a Sullentine? Yeah. This doesn't really jive with the image you're painting. Sullentines can still have friends. I think of Sullentines as a lonely folk. They just band together in their sullenness. Uh-huh. And what do they listen to in the car? Do they listen uh, to a cassette tape? Maybe like the Smiths. You've never once listened to the Smiths. I had a Morrissey poster in my bedroom in high school. Oh, my God. I haven't listened to the Smiths in a long time, but when I was in high school, I listened to the Smiths. Do you know that our dear friend Tom Lennon is in a Smiths cover band? What? He loves the Smiths. How soon is now? <laughs> um, okay, so that all tracks. And it was on tape, no CDs? No CDs. This, I mean, this was the... the early to mid 90s i know but in the early to mid 90s you don't remember having those like uh disc mans that you would put into the car with the tape thing you would put a tape in that had I a cable do, coming yes, out I, of the re- cable and the problem with that was those. that every time you go over a bump the cd would skip yeah i don't <laughs> recall i mean we, we might have also listened to the radio yeah sure what, what would you listen to 98.5 like, 92 hearing some feedback i'm not hearing anything like it sounds like my ears are ringing. I think your ears are ringing. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm looking and there's no levels coming in for anything besides okay. our voices. <laughs> um, maybe it's these headphones. Okay. Anyway, we would drive to Pino's and get a slice of pizza or go to Eagles. Maybe get a barbecue chicken sandwich or something. You ever do the Eagles challenge? 
No, it's disgusting. I would do it. I've never done it though. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I should have done it. Um, the radio when I was in high school. Oh, there it's over. Um, there was like WFNX, which yeah. was one hundred one point seven. BCN, BCN, which was one hundred four point one, and then Kiss one hundred eight. Or was that too heavy for you? No, I didn't listen to AAF. Also, AAF one hundred seven point three was on, was was it had a better. I think it came out of Worcester. It had a better signal the farther west you went. Uh huh. Um, you know, Jam and ninety four five, which used to be WZOU, uh-huh. depending if you were in that mood. Yep. Um, I mean, we've already talked about Dave and Alan Boucher on this program. Debouche. Magic 106.7, though. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I'm saying that was like, I don't think we would listen to that during the day. No, it wasn't on during oh, the day. Oh, and then... Um, it was there to tuck you in at night. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting the classic rock station on 100.7. ZLX? ZLX. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we'd listen to ZLX. You know... Fun. Guys, that was a real trip down radio call station memory lane. Fun fact about Matt Myra. Uh, I feel weird giving my, a fact about myself when I haven't given our donors facts about them. So, but I have never, in Los Angeles, since I've moved here 10 years ago, I've never never tuned my radio. You just said never. I've never tuned... <laughs> no, I, I have... It's all this Boston I've talk, never, your accent's coming out. I've never tuned my radio, kid. I've never fucking put it on. <laughs> I don't know what's out there. Really? I don't, yeah, really. I've never tuned my radio. I listen to the Which radio. Which is why I find it so bizarre when I get in your car and, and the radio is on. Bizarre? Like, what? It's wicked weird. Huh. <laughs> Boston. We once, didn't we once threaten to do an entire episode in Boston accents? I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I like the radio, actually. I like listening to the radio. I don't. I know. You I'll like listen to the radio. radio. I'll listen to the radio, like, in the house. On. You listen to WEI. I do. I listen to sports. I listen to Boston Sports Radio. I still do. In the car, I listen to Boston Sports yeah. Radio. I put it on my phone. It's also weird because we get Nesson, so we So Matt watches the Red Sox games uh with the boston announcers and they always have boston accents and it's like weird to hear that now on tv because you don't hear it on tv like in boston you hear it on tv yeah. but when you live in la you don't yeah. hear people with boston accents on tv i love that we still see jordan's furniture ads and and sullivan taya jordan's furniture okay guys that was enough boston i'm sorry if you're not from boston and didn't enjoy the last 10 minutes of our show <laughs> but that was really for your friend from high school it was for kate it was for kate uh hopefully we'll see kate next week does she still live out there uh kate lives in san francisco we're not gonna see her till you go to san francisco yep um so that's that's what's going on with us we're just in busy mode dory's packing she leaves tomorrow early in the morning i leave tomorrow late in the evening mary jane comes by and is house bow sitting that's not a euphemism for marijuana by the way her name really is mary jane (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so she's uh, she's going to be holding the fort down, and that's what's going on with us. And I'm bringing, once again, I'm lugging the podcast equipment across the country. Yep. I mean, last time I lugged it across the world. You did. So, but this time it's not just for us. It's also for Next Conversation. Yes, Andy Secunda and I will be in New York at the same time, and I'm not coming back in time to record an episode. So we will be recording... A Star Trek The Next Conversation 
in New York. New York edition. Can you believe the lengths uh, I go to to please the listeners in exchange for, I don't know. I do it out of a love of the craft. (laughs) (sighs) It's my husband, ladies and gentlemen. He's an altruist. Yep. So, honey. Yes, dear. What's going on in the mailbag? There's a lot happening in the mailbag. Let's hop to it. Um, we got an we got an email that I enjoyed very much. Now I saw that it said from Mary, and I'm hoping that it's not from my mother. It is not from your mother, oh, and when God. I begin to read it, you'll understand why. Okay. Okay. I mean, love you, mom. I just didn't want to read an email from you on the air. Okay. <laughs> uh, hi, Dory and Matt. Thanks for all the podcasting hours put in last week. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, you are welcome. Um, And as usual, the incredible amount of life sharing y'all are doing for the greater good. This email looks long, but it's mostly bullet points. Promise. (laughs) That's an interesting (laughs) preface I've never heard on an email. Go ahead. Okay. She proceeds to say, I noticed in listening these last few episodes that you repeated two assertions. Uh One, the majority of the population doesn't have fertility issues slash doesn't need IVF. Two, mm-hmm. L.A. probably has the highest density of clinics available. Yes, that's true. Those are both things that we've said without actual hard facts to back it up. And in lieu of the science march this past weekend, I hope she's coming at us with some facts. These are both things that data can confirm or deny. And then in parentheses, she says, thanks, science. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I haven't even read this email. So below are some numbers. I love numbers. Uh, she also notes that all this data is public on the CDC's website, uh, either from their assisted reproductive technology. Well, hang on. Is this post Trump CDC? I can't trust it. Um, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Okay. And if your listeners want to learn more, the 2014 CDC ART summary report PDF. Ah, 2014. All right. a lot of acronyms there um is pretty interesting and readable i recommend the section of graphs called art trends okay for now i've only looked at the u.s because the data is readily available to me and i've only put in a few hours into this oh my god i hope you're doing this because you also wanted to know the information and weren't doing it just to make us wrong no she seems like she was doing this to help and inform Ah, okay for point number one yeah Percent of women aged 15 to 44 with impaired fecundity. Secunda? 12.3%. Percent of married women aged 15 to 44 that are infertile, 6.1%. Mm-hmm. Percent of men aged 15 to 44 that are infertile, 9.4%. Nice. I wonder how they're defining infertile. It's an excellent question. I'm just curious. I also wanted to look at how many science versus not science babies are born in the U.S. as a side effect of those infertility numbers. Two data points in time from 2005 and 2014. In 2005, 4,138,349 infants were born in the U.S. 52,041, 1.3% of those babies were born from assisted reproductive technology. Interesting. In 2014... 3,988,076 3,988,076 infants were born in the U.S. Oh, oh quite fewer. a drop in yeah. the babies. 68,791. But one, a huge increase in, in IVF babies. 1.7% of those babies were born from assisted reproductive technology. 
The CDC says that there were 208,604 cycles done in 2014. Jeez, so that's, that's a an average lot of money. 33% success rate from cycle to birth. Oh, that's interesting. Also. If all of those cycles had been successful, it would still be a very small percent of overall births in the U.S., around 5%. Okay, so so far the numbers are backing up that assertion. Correct. Um, also, I would say it's... I think it's probably unlikely that all the cycles would be successful because presumably a lot of women do more than one cycle in a year. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. We've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yep, true, not common, she says. Okay. Okay. For point number two, I scraped the CDC index of fertility clinics to get their location data. There are just under 500 clinics total in the U.S., which seems small to me, so I assume this list excludes offices that do support or related services. The five states with the most clinics are, drumroll. Um, drumroll. California. Yep. 75. Bigger, it's a huge state. It's the entire West Coast almost. Texas, sorry, 44. Sorry, Oregon and Washington. I, I love you guys. Uh, Texas has 44. Uh-huh. New York has... Huge state also. New York has 39. Not as big a state. A big state, yes. but not as big a state. So it's a high number. Florida has 30. That's odd. Honey, would you like to guess the fifth state? Um, sure. Mm, I'm going to... Washington? No. Oh, it's not it's not very populous. That yeah. was a bad I, I'm guess. I'm gonna give you another that was guess. A bad that was guess. that was not a good guess. I wanna go for something with at least ten electoral votes. Ohio. Very close. Illinois. Ah God. Yeah, you were very close. Uh with twenty eight. The five cities with the most clinics. Uh huh. New York nineteen. New York, New York. Houston eight. Houston. Indianapolis seven. 500. Surprising. Dallas, seven. Mm -hmm. Chicago, seven. Los Angeles is next with six clinics tied with San Antonio. She proceeds to say is those... Is that accurate? No. That there's only six clinics? Well, she says those city numbers didn't seem quite right to me. In the data set, these are the legal addresses of the clinics. So a Los Angeles city address won't match on the way LA people think of LA, which is more the like county. the LA metropolitan area that includes a bunch of cities you get lost in when you go on spontaneous driving dates. That's true. So instead, I group some of the biggest metro areas by their zip codes. E.g., L.A. is 90001 to 91609, according to Google. That's true. She is very thorough. I, this, Mary, I wish this was my mom that wrote this. It's amazing. Okay, so when she did that, uh -huh. she ended up with the following. Go. L.A. had 27 clinics. Whoa. Okay. For, for for first place. Number one, L.A.? Numero uno. Oh, honey, your assertions are astounding. Thank you. NYC, 24. Okay. Chicago, 24. Oh, wow. Dallas, 16. Uh-huh. San Francisco slash Oakland, 13. I bet that number is up by three. Houston, 10. Mm-hmm. And Seattle, Tacoma, 10. So you weren't far I wasn't off. crazy you with my crazy. Washington guess. I was thinking all those Amazon jobs have got to make people infertile. And Microsoft. Right. Yeah. If you had a Microsoft penis, you're probably not great at getting people pregnant. Hey, uh... Wordplay. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt Myra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yes, LA does have the most, but I'm not going to jump to any conclusions until I map the numbers relative to population density. Oh boy. (laughs) I hope this is informative. Very. If you end up reading this on air and listeners want to debate data sources or numbers with me, let me know (laughs) and we can figure out how to work on IVF data projects together. Get at her. Thanks again, Mary from San Francisco. Mary, if someone emails us, we're going to connect you guys. Um, she also had a PS that I don't know if she was intending to read for me to read on air, but I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to read it on oh, air. Oh, no. What if it's secret? It's not secret. Okay. PS, here's some miscellaneous shit I wanted to let you know, but wasn't related. And this email got too long. Okay. Yes. It was highly entertaining to hear you work through a fight on air in Paris. Okay. I recommend Thank attempting you. a, quote, planned improvisational, end quote, time when you travel. We have done that a bit. E.g., I, the planner, will pre-research the general region of a city where there are three to five places I'd be happy visiting or eating at in a broad time frame. Then I let my husband, quote, improvise the exploring through that area with me sometimes saying, oh, hey, what about this direction toward this place? Look, it has good reviews, etc." <laughs> oh, no. Works like a charm. <laughs> it's deceptive. I feel like that's kind of what we did. That is what we, you wanted to go to an area and try a falafel. Yes. And then we just, but that was, as far as I know, you didn't even know that was Notre Dame. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I said we were walking towards Notre Dame. And you, I was like, I, I said, think, is that I think that's Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, I'm not going to argue about the argument. We didn't even argue that day. It was a great no, day. No, we didn't. It was a good day. Okay. Um, Dory, I can't wait to read your book this week. Woohoo. Congrats. Congratulations. I hope it continues to grow in success so that you can make a living writing novels, but Me also too. somehow successful in a way that lets you start growing a science baby this summer. Oh, what a dream. I feel like Mary really gets me. She does. And yeah. she, she has data to back it up. I really enjoyed her data. <laughs> me too. I thought it was a great email. Great, great email. Great data. I'd give it a hundred out of a hundred. Wow. And you're a tough grader. Very tough grader. Yeah. So, Mary, good if job. You're a, if you're a crossover listening to Star Trek The Next Conversation, I'd give that 10 Andes. Mm. I'm not a crossover listener. I know. I'm a crossover host. <laughs> <laughs> Next up in the email bag, Tenley. That's a good name. I know. I was like, oh, that's a good name. I like that name quite it, a bit. It's also the name of a T. That's oh, interesting. Okay. So, this is from Tenley. Hi, guys. Just to follow up on one of your emails regarding doing IVF in a city that is far from you, my doctor's in San Diego. So we traveled down there for uh, egg retrievals, but do all the ultrasounds and blood work at a local clinic in Santa Monica. Mm. Interesting workaround. I kind of like that. You get the results faxed over to the doctor in San Diego, and you don't have to drive down the 210, 215. Uh, faxes the results to my doctor in San Diego who Wait, then what? contacts me and goes over the results uh, this is called outside cycle monitoring on a side note we chose the doctor in San Diego because he specializes in a unique IVF technique Japanese mini IVF this sounds like the most adorable form of IVF <laughs> uh, for women with diminished ovarian reserve or premature ovarian failure cheers Tenley I wonder if they have square watermelons at the clinic. Listen, I bet they have the most adorable tiny dogs. That was from Tenley. Thank you, Tenley. Next up. I want to know more about Japanese mini IVF. We have a a Hi, Matt and Dory from a name that is unknown to me with a blank page Uh here. And Uh multiple blank pages afterwards. 
Oh no, did the printing mess up? We only have half an email, <gasps> you guys. Oh god. To be continued. Guys, I'm so sorry. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Have we solved the email problem? We have. Excellent. Hi, Matt and Dory. That's us. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I did. I am excited to read this next email. Okay. Because... It's like a spoiler because there's no name until the end. Are you ready? (laughs) 
Hi, Matt and Dory. My husband and I both enjoy listening to your podcast during our work commutes. Thanks for opening up this great conversation about such a sensitive but often disregarded topic. You're welcome. We are fellow IVFers. My husband's sperm is also dumb, and my uterus apparently is also on its own timetable. We began trying to start having a family four years ago, and we were both 27. Seems like a reasonable time to do that. Yeah, sure. I'm following along so far. I mean, I was not ready to have a family when I was 27, but... I am never ready. Uh, to make a long story short, we've done two rounds of IVF, one failed fresh transfer, one failed frozen tra- transfer. After a failed FET, we did ERA testing, and after three test cycles, finally learned that my endometrium's window of receptivity is later than normal. Oh. We're planning on doing another transfer with one of our frozen embryos this Wednesday, April 26th, while Dory embarks on her book tour. OMG. I pre-ordered your novel, and I'm excited that it will be arriving just in time to help me get through the dreaded two-wake wheat. Two-week wait. <laughs> two-wake wheat? <laughs> two-week wait. Um, listen, your mileage may vary, but I'm just going to say a lot of people have said it's a quick read. I think voracious readers can plow through it real quick. But I think if you read a book, you know, let's say you read five books a year. Yeah. I think you'll, you could, you you'll, could stretch it out over get, the two-week wait. You week. two weeks. All but right. it's such a page-turner. I know. She really just hooks you in and wants you to keep, keep reading. Keep turning those pages. Okay. We did PGS testing with the second round of IVF. Like you, opted to transfer a girl embryo. We wanted both a son and a daughter, but we decided... We wanted to have a daughter first since we were given the choice. I was so positive the transfer was going to work. I was only picturing my first child as a little girl already thinking of names, nursery colors, etc. After the transfer failed, our doctor told us that the embryo they recommended transferring next, based on quality, is a boy. We have three boy embryos and one girl frozen embryo. We decided to take the doctor's advice and transfer the highest quality embryo so we would have the best chance of success. But... Even with my transfer just a few days away, I'm finding it difficult to get the former images of having a little girl out of my head and imagine having a boy instead. I know I'll love having a son, and what's most important is that we have a healthy child. I just need to accept that I'm not having... I'm so sorry. And I bet, it the, I bet the next words are a girl, but it's on the next page. My little girl right now. I was so close. Mm. I think this uh, this all would be would have been easier uh, if we had just found out the gender if we had just never found out the gender of our embryos to begin with. Interesting point. This was what I've I was saying that. Yes. Like I know. I feel like if we had never been told that initial gender. Yeah, I don't think it would have sex. we never would have Are even we supposed to say it. sex or gender. I keep forgetting. Oy. I think it's sex actually. I think as long as you're not putting any malice behind it will forgive. Okay. But I mean, I think if we had not found out that the first embryo was female over email, oh, that Whoa. rhymes. Um, I wouldn't have felt like I needed to find what out. What if we just started saying XX or XY? I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like wanted or needed to find out the sex or gender of the other embryos. But because I already knew the first one, I felt like, well, I might as well know the rest of them. Right. And then it just sort of like leads you down this garden path of sex selection Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like, I didn't really want to do, but now I'm here. Well, we're dealing with a world of science that, that previous generations never had to consider. Yeah, it's true. 
I don't remember if you were told the quality of your two embryos. We were. Uh, if they told you they recommended transferring your boy embryo instead of the girl, would you? We didn't. Uh, would it be hard for you to accept that you were having a son instead of a daughter? Not for me. Yeah, you? not for me either. No, we just want to, we just want to. I thought, wait a second. You, I thought you like really wanted the girl. So I do. Badly. I really want a girl, but if it's, I'm not going to get a girl, then I'll, I'll get a boy. It's Okay. All right. You're gonna Bo's a boy. I know. Have you seen the way we are? We love him. Exactly. No, and I've only had girl dogs. Oh. Because I don't like like randomly seeing a dick. Oh. Because it's like, what's going on? Why is your dick out? Wait, that's why you didn't want a boy dog. Well, also, like, I didn't like the idea of having to get neutered and. Right, but he came neutered. Bo did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the Wrangler did say that the boy embryo was higher quality. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But the girl embryo, I mean, it probably wouldn't have worked anyway. So we just got it out of the way. That's also true. That's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, Dory, best wishes on the release of your novel and your book tour uh, to both of you. Sending all the positive vibes your way as you continue to build your family. That's from Jennifer S. in Howell, Michigan. And P.S. Her dog Roxy says woof to Bo. Oh, she spelled it right too. One, woof, of the, one of the first. It's one of the first emails to spell Bo's name right. Roxy, that's not true. I feel like people spell his name right all the time. I've seen people spell it multiple ways in one email. It's B E A U, everyone. <laughs> Um, Roxy is the name of my sister's dog. That is also true. Yeah. Um, Roxy's a girl. Roxy is a girl. Dog. Right. Yeah. Both, both probably fine with that. Yeah. Have they met? Bo and Roxy? No. No. Hmm. Someday we should get them together. Yeah. Okay, my turn. Dory's turn. For reading an email from an anonymous. Oh, we also have listener. a voicemail. Should we listen to the voicemail? Yeah, that is dog related, actually. All right, we're going to pop on a voicemail. But I don't have the cord. Well, why don't you have the cord? It's I don't right know. here. That's why, because it was right there, not where it was supposed to be. Okay. Buckle up for voicemail. Hey. I'm Sarah. I'm 57, and I live north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. I'm child-free by choice, and and I'm cool with that. Um, I really enjoy listening to the goings-on of your life, both with and without regard to your baby process. I like to hear how you interact with each other, so I like that kind of a little bit mundane, quotidien might be a word that would apply. This is a good um, voicemail. Tidbits that you uh, dole out with humor. I just pre-ordered your book. Hey. And I want you to know that you might want to consider having your fabulous dog. Oops, I can't remember his name. It's Bo, don't You worry. might want to have him be the most well, best trained dog ever before you actually have your baby. Mm. It's just a hunch I have that he might need a little transitional help. Thanks so much, and bye! <laughs> that was a great voicemail. Excellent advice. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm not not nervous about that, but I also feel like it's... I am not nervous about it, but I would like to get him as trained as we can get him. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's also like at least a year away. Yeah. Bo, how do you feel about that? Just passed out. He's yeah. not caring right He's now. He's sound asleep. Um, yeah. I mean, he... He's a dog, He like most dogs, I mean, but he needs a lot of attention. You think he needs attention? Or do you think we just give him a lot of attention? I think we give him a lot of attention. I mean, he's he's a content little boy to just be like, he he will just fucking sit there and be fine. He yeah. only really bothers us when he wants to go out. Yeah. He Sometimes we, like, he wants to play a little bit, but, you know. I just wonder how he's going to be when, like, all of our energy is devoted to this new one of our energies will be we will always be giving Bo the affection he needs i hope so i will hold Bo while you hold the child (laughs) um thank you sarah for calling in great email send us cheese great voicemail um all right this is from an anonymous listener Hi, Dory and Matt. I just wanted to drop you a note to say thanks for the podcast. I've really enjoyed following your story and appreciate your candor. I had my first child about seven months ago, and while I did not undergo IVF, I thought maybe I could provide an alternative view on egg donation. Mm -hmm. When I was a college student, I became an egg donor. My motivation was primarily financial, hashtag student loans, and I liked the idea of helping other people have science babies. The process was incredibly easy for me, a college-educated white woman, I had a meeting with a counselor to make sure I wouldn't try to steal said science babies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Answered tons of personal medical history questions, took some glamour shots with their photographer, Ooh. and submitted a few pictures of what I looked like as a kid. I went through three rounds of retrievals, no clue if they were successful for the parents or not. For me, the first two rounds were pretty easy, but the last was rough, and I didn't feel well for about a month afterward. Yikes. That was the end for me. I was compensated about $6,000 for each retrieval. Since you're not an employee of the clinic, you get a special tax form for contractors. At the, at the end of the day, I made about $5,000 after taxes. While you do hear about crazy figures for egg donation, $50,000 for a Harvard-educated supermodel. <laughs> Those are very rare and are not considered ethical. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Interesting. When you figure in all the time, daily doctor visits, blood tests, multiple daily injections, risk of serious injury to your reproductive organs, etc., I feel that this is a fair price and not something most people would be willing to do. As a 20-year-old student, I had the free time and ability to not feel well on a regular basis. At the time, I had no issue with being a donor. In some ways, I felt good about it. I helped families have a baby. I felt like I was just a genetic relation, an aunt or cousin, since I didn't physically carry the child. Not to say that a surrogate is more of a parent, but that's the distinction I drew. That's interesting. However, now that I have a child and have stayed in the area where I donated, I'm somewhat worried that my son has genetic half-siblings out there that we don't know about. It kind of freaks me out. My mind goes to a worst-case scenario where he ends up dating his genetic half-sibling. Oh, jeez. I mean, they would be about 10 years apart in age, less if they decided to freeze the eggs or wait on fertilization. But that's not that big of a gap. What are your thoughts? Thanks. Please don't mention my name if you decide to read this, as I'd like to remain anonymous. You got it. P.S. Just pre-ordered my copy of Startup. Well, Thank you. it seems as though a lot of our emailers are not the 23 people who haven't ordered the book yet. Correct. Perhaps our emailers are 
excellent uh, super fans. Mm. Eggheads. Um, PPS, Dory, you sounded pretty down in the latest episode. I think she, I think this is one that was supposed to be for last week that we didn't get to. So I think she's referring to the episode from two weeks ago. From Paris? Was that Paris? Or was that, no, right when we got home from, it was right after we got home from Paris. Were you down then? I think I was kind of down. I don't really recall that episode very much. Mm. I think I, I think I just was like low energy. Do you tell them? That's the, that was oh, the episode, Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think okay. we were both kind of lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like jet lagged. And... Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, Dory, you sound pretty down latest episode. I know it's really hard and all you do is hurry up and wait. Sending you good vibes and hope you get your good news soon. You guys are going to be awesome. Parents, PPPS, totally on the planner side of the debate. <laughs> well, then she's referencing the debate. So what's she talking about, parents? Only anonymous will know. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Okay. So... Let's unpack it. Okay. You know, in Iceland. Yes. They have apps. That's right. To see if you're to related. To see if you're related there's to there's only like 450,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and chances are someone at a bar is going to be a cousin of yours. Yes. Um, I don't anticipate there being an app made for your eggs. You know, I, re- I read an article today that Iceland is worried that Icelandic is going to become extinct. I think they should worry about it. Because since tourism has been booming the last few years, English has just really become the lingua franca, yeah. if you will. I will. And some there was like an anecdote in the article about like how high school kids are talking amongst themselves in English. <gasps> oh, no. I know. And they're very worried. And like there's some, there's some like Middle Ages Icelandic text that everyone in Iceland used to read like freshman year of high school. And now they're not reading it until senior year of high school. And they seem like very concerned about this. You know what Iceland should do? They what? should pay for uh, the world to have Rosetta Stone, Iceland. Did you also know that Iceland was not fully independent from Denmark until 1944? Uh, you knew that because you were a history major. No, I just read that in the article. Oh, Anyway, um, wait, so, yeah. She's so, freaked out about yeah. this this potential relation. Here's the thing, though. I don't... One second. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't think you know where those eggs ended up. Just because the clinic was local doesn't mean that the eggs are local. Do they transport the eggs? I don't know. I feel like they would. I don't think they would. Also, like, maybe the people moved away. You don't know. You don't even know if they worked. Also, couldn't you find out from the clinic if they worked? I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I feel like we've heard from egg donors who, like, know, know their who, they were, who they donated to. Like, it sounds like she just donated. Well, I also wonder on her end of things if she should even bother knowing. Yeah. I I don't know. I uh, I I understand the concern, but I feel like the odds are very slim. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, plus, by the time your your child is ready to, you know. Well, so her child's only seven months old. Yeah. Once your child's ready to hit the bone zone, I think, I think it'll be so long. You know, they're probably going to move. They're probably going to go to college somewhere else. They're not going to end up in the same place. Yeah. And like when the kid's like 16. Yeah. That 
that child will be 26 years old. Right. So. Although. Yes. The guy who just got the most votes in the French election, he is married to his high school drama teacher who's 24 years older than him. Well, that's true love. She's like 64 years old and he's like 39. Good for him. Yeah. And her. Yeah. I mean, seems a little creepo. If it was reversed, it would be disgusting. Uh, yeah. There's because a, of the double standard. There's just a lot happening. Um, all right. Uh, we hope he wins. Do you want to read a... So what's our, what's our closing advice to her? Um, not to worry about it? Not to worry about it. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. This is from Cheryl. Hi, Matt and Dory. First, I'd like to say thank you for doing the podcast. I enjoy listening to you every week on my commute. I really wish something like this was available while my husband and I were going through IVF eight years ago. I think it would have made me feel less alone with the whole process. I mean, that's part of it. I think it's the next page, not... Yep. You're 100% correct. I could easily write a five-page essay about our IVF journey, but I'll just give you the highlights. Our situation was similar to yours. We were younger. I was 29. My husband was 33. After a few years of trying to have a baby the sex way, we went to a few doctors and found out Doug's sperm was real dumb. Even dumber than Matt's. What? Uh, Our only option was IVF. We had only been married a few years, just getting started in our careers and building our lives. We didn't have a lot, if any, extra money. We really wanted to have a baby. It took us two years to do two rounds of IVF. Both failed. First round was the hardest failure because I was convinced it would work. I feel like that's a, everyone's story. Yeah. They're all, they all get psyched up to think yep. it's going to work. I mean, I thought it was going to work. Yep. Um, I mean, it's science. How could it not work? We were both young and healthy, and one of my best friends had just had a successful first round of IVF that not only resulted in a baby, but also 10 embryos on ice. Jeez, Ugh. overachiever. Braggard. Uh, I thought it would be the same for us. How could it possibly fail? The time... We thought it was an early shot. We had, we were already in debt, had a huge mortgage on a tiny house with no value, thanks to the housing crash of 2008, bills, uh, and everything else. We even plopped, uh, but we plopped down a credit card and added another $15,000 of debt. There's no possible way we could afford to do more than one round, so when it did fail, it was soul-crushing. It took us a mm. year before we felt like we could afford more credit card debt. And before we felt emotionally strong enough to try again, I had a feeling we would always regret not trying a second round. So we did. Again, the hopes were high, but this time they were slightly more managed. When that round failed, we were crushed once again. Mm. At that point, we had a big decision to make. Do we keep going and put ourselves in serious financial trouble or stop? We briefly considered sperm donation and adoption, but neither of those options felt right to us. So we decided to stop trying to have a baby and just be us. It was a hard choice to make. It did not come overnight. We had to take the time to grieve the loss of not having a child. It was hard to watch a family and friends start families. It's still hard sometimes. I still get twinges of jealousy when my sister told me she's pregnant with her second child. Uh, I get sad when I see my mom so happy to be a grandma with my nephew, knowing that I couldn't give her the same joy with children. But the hardest part was watching my husband feel like less of a man because he couldn't give me the child I wanted so badly. He even told me after our second failed round he would understand if I left him to find someone who would give me the family I wanted. It broke my heart. But after that last round failed, I had a brief moment of clarity. I felt a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I would be okay. We would be okay. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's been eight years since we started on the IVF path and seven years since we decided to stop. We have a very confusing email system here. With the Dory double page printing and no page numbers, and I get so confused. My, it's not on her. I'm just a dummy who can't turn a page around. <sighs> a lot of good things have happened in these last seven years. We sold that money pit of a tiny house, got a much better right. one with for less money, paid off all of our debt, went on a few trips, including a dream trip to the UK, became an aunt and uncle four times over, built our careers, rescued a new dog, and are just enjoying our lives as a couple. Do I sometimes feel like we should have, we should have, or could have done more to have children? Yes, but the reality is, if we continued, we would wouldn't be able to afford to raise that child. Do I sometimes feel like I'm missing out on being a mother more often than I like to admit? Sometimes I feel like I'm missing a purpose. But then I look at my life with my husband that I and the life that my husband and I built, the love that we have for each other, and our strong relationship, and we are happy without children. I don't want any of you to have to make the decision we did. I wish you and Matt all, and all the listeners all the luck and baby dust that IVF works for you. But please also know that if the time comes, it's okay to stop. There is life after failed IVF. Thank you again for doing the podcast and being so open about your journey and sharing others as well. It brought up a lot of feelings I'd forgotten about and was allowed. it has allowed me to process them from a different perspective. I wish you all the luck on your journey. Sorry if this email is left so long. That was a beautiful email. Um, before we get to the substance of the email, that actually reminded me of something that I wanted to say, which is um, I would like to ban the use of the term baby dust on the podcast. You're banning it. Yes. Why? Um, we've heard from several listeners that, well, first of all, I don't, I think it's like a, I think it's a dumb term anyway. I think of it as like, you know, it's like the stork brings it. Yeah. But apparently for people who have had miscarriages or stillbirths, it reminds them of their cremated babies. Well, I've cremated a lot of babies in my time and I had not made such a connection. So, you know, that wasn't a joke. People, I used to work at a funeral home. Uh, I didn't want that to sound horribly insensitive. Out of respect for those people, I think uh, going forward we will just not. I, I we will just not use the term baby dust. So there we go. Okay. Okay. Um. But as regards this email, I wanted us to read it because doesn't say who it's from cheryl where does it say that? in the beginning no it doesn't are you sure yeah no it says from cheryl right oh, here sorry it's on the third page <laughs> um you know i think that we don't talk a lot about you know the 
possibility. I mean, we talk about it sometimes, but we have talked about it, I guess. We've talked about it. But, you know, there is a very real possibility that it might not work. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good to hear from people who have tried it and it didn't work and their lives have gone on and their lives are happy and fulfilled. And they rescued a dog. And they rescued a dog and they took a dream vacation to the UK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it would be, and I thought she was like extremely eloquent and very honest about her feelings, about how it's like still hard for her sometimes, but she's come to terms with it. And I feel like I would have similar feelings. Like it would be hard for me to come to terms with, but eventually, I mean, I would just have to go visit Maddie and Sam all the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've never. Uh, we'd be fine. It'd be fine. We'd get there. I mean, I think that we will end up having a kid. Uh huh. In some way. Yeah. I do believe that. But we also might not. This has been an edition of Deep Thoughts by Dory. Yeah. Um, I, it was, a, it was, it's just, you know, you have to know that sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. And you do have to know that you can ha- be happy even if it doesn't. Yeah. And you can be debt free. Yeah. You can be in a house. Yeah. What a dream. Mm. <sighs> well, what's next? I don't know because of the double-sidedness <laughs> of these emails. I think that you're here. <laughs> uh, all right. This is from Chris. Hi, Dory and Matt. Matt, I first heard about you through early episodes of The Nerdist and thoroughly enjoyed your later podcast, mostly James Bonding. We got some good news coming, my friend. It's really awesome to see you evolve from an Apple Store employee to a staff writer with an absolutely talented and lovely wife plus dog. Thank you. I think of myself as more than a staff writer. Uh, I love your report and how you continue to support each other through this journey. My question is, how do you think your parents will grandparent? My husband and I always thought that his mother and father would be the cuddly, loving grandparents that my parents would be. Uh, and that my parents would be loving, but at arm's length. Well, it turned out it's the opposite. His parents kind of suck. <laughs> they live 15 minutes away. Uh, and they never see our kids except for major holidays. Uh, and at those moments, it uh, feels like it's just for show. I don't know if they're going to go through going through a midlife crisis or if it's a general uh, uh, generational thing, but they're not that old. It almost seems like they enjoy saying that they're grandparents more than they enjoy being grandparents. On, on the other hand, my parents live on the other side of the country, but they take every opportunity to FaceTime and send gifts and letters. And I know it's not purely driven by distance since we used to live close to my parents and they showed the same degree of attention and love when they lived half uh, an hour away. Sigh. Anyway, back to my original question. How involved do you expect your parents to be in your future children's lives? Do you want a lot of involvement? A little? 
I know there are pros and cons to both scenarios, but I grew up in a household where our grandparents lived with us. So a small degree of involvement feels uh, sad to me. I'm also wondering if it's a cultural thing. We're a mixed race couple. Uh, thank you for reading this, uh, and please keep up the good podcasting work. Dory, I pre-ordered your book. Thank you. <laughs> and as someone who worked at a tech startup and survived that shit. Ooh. Actually, she said shit show. I cannot wait to read it. <laughs> Best of luck to you all, Chris. Um, you know, we've seen both of our parents, our grandparents, both sets of parents, our grandparents already. Yeah. So we've seen how they have acted. My mother uh, moved to Florida to be closer to the grandkids. So there you go. There's your answer. Uh, Dory's folks, they will uh, fly to Austin at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Especially if my sister's paying for it. And they'll go to New York uh, when they feel like it, which is, you know, it's a drive. Um, So they... I don't know how my mother... It's hard for us to say how they'd be because we literally live uh, as all the way across the country. My parents, my parents are in Orlando. Dory's parents are in Jamaica Plain. Yeah, and we're in California. In, in Boston. And, you know, I was just thinking... Well, so my my dad's dad died when before I was born, but my dad's mom, when I was little, lived in Israel. My dad's dad died before I was born. Oh, my goodness. My dad's... My mom's dad also died before I was born. Oh, my I never had a grandfather. My mom's dad is still alive. We're going to see him Very this weekend. True. Oh, he's going to be in Boston. I thought he was yeah, coming to New York. No, he lives in Boston. Yeah, though. I know. I know. Um, so I didn't see my grandmother on my dad's side all that often because uh-huh. she lived halfway across the world. But my mom's parents lived in Newton and we lived in Brookline. We saw them all the time. Yeah. And like that's how I grew up, and I know you grew up near your grandparents. I grew up my parent, my grand, my your grandmothers. My both of my grandmothers lived on Spring Street in Cambridge, where they my lived. best friend from elementary school now lives. Yes, they lived one house apart, uh, in Cambridge, and every Sunday we went to Cambridge. So I would see my grandmothers once a week. Yeah, for the whole day, I would go. We'd have lunch. Uh, we'd have lunch with my dad's mom. And then we'd wander over and try to get some Italian dessert out of my other grandmother. See, that's so nice. Like, I'm kind of sad that our kids won't have that. Uh, I wouldn't be that sad. Both our mothers aren't great cooks. Oh, my God. (laughs) You you know what? You are cruising for a bruising, as they say. (laughs) You were just just poking the the dragon. My mother will admit she's not a great You know they both listen to this. Uh, Does your mother listen to this? Yeah, you know, I thought she didn't. And then she referred to it recently. And I was like, oh, I guess she's been listening. I don't think she listens. This is a test. This will, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we will find out. Um, no, I just mean, I just mean the proximity. In fairness, I'm only thinking about the brisket that Dory overcooked, which was your mother's recipe. My grandmother's recipe. Right. But your mother used to make it and you thought it was good. And my mother made it. Made... My mother made it better. Okay. Maybe. My mother is a decent cook. My grandmother was a terrible cook, actually. My mom. She made like three things. She made noodle kugel. Yep. She made um, a jello mold. Nice. Did you ever have that? 
Uh, I've had many Jello molds yeah. in my day. Uh, she would make Jello mold. Would she put fruit in it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like chopped up pineapple from a can. Sure. Um, and frozen blueberries. Okay. There was like a blueberry pineapple one that she always made. It was like blueberry on the bottom and then pineapple on the top. Flavors I don't even think about going together. But it was actually really good. I'm sure it was. They're both great on their own. Yeah. I wonder what happened to that jello mold, the the actual mold, the Tupperware mold. Find out. And they probably threw it out. Oh, was it one of the ones with like ridges on it? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder we used to have those. I bet they threw it out when my grandmother died. My uh my grandmother. And she made brisket. Brisket, noodle, kugel, and jello mold. Yeah. Those were her three three big hits. <laughs> um my grandmother my Spanish grandmother, Gloria, Gloria Myra, she was such a good cook. It was ridiculous. Really? The That's probably where you get it from. Rice and beans that she used to make were, I mean, they're still so good. My dad can kind of make them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's like a whole, like she would like soak the beans for a couple days. You know where you can do that really quickly? Uh, in the Instant Pot. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, her, she used to make a pork shoulder that was oh, so good. And she used to eat the skin. She used to like save the skin. Whoa. I'd be like, all right, here, try this. <laughs> like a little a bit of pork skin. And her meatballs are fucking good. And these potatoes. Anyway, like Gloria was a great great cook and then for the italian side regina regina fatato uh maiden name panacchio regina panacchio she uh on christmas and holidays and the like she would make just these you know fucking delicious heavy pasta dishes Mm. um and she also turned me on to a thing I like to eat that I, I haven't really had in a few years, but it was toast with spinach. Huh. Would cook, she would cook spinach. She would take a, fro- a frozen block of spinach and like cook it up and then take With what? Toast. Butter the toast and then put the spinach. But I mean. What, what would she cook what the spinach What would she cook with? the spinach in? Nothing. Huh. At least nothing I know of. Was this something she made up or this was like an old Italian delicacy? No, no. I think this is something she made up. It's something I remember enjoying and would have at her. Also coffee. She made a hell of a cup of coffee. Mm. I started drinking coffee very early. Mm. She passed away when I was 10. Oh. And then Gloria, she made it till I was 16. Okay. Anyway. That was a fun walk down Grandmother Lane. It was. Cambridge, Newton, all the hits. All the hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we, for the first time ever, get through all the emails? We've gotten through them like once before on the episode where I only included like three emails. Okay, here it is. Okay. This is the last email. I'm ready. It's from Mark. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm Mark from Northern California, and I love the show. I'm one of these people that listen uh, that is nowhere near trying to have a child, but love the show. I tried a right-handed guitar, but gave up rather fast. I'm not sure if it was because I was right-handed and it was too hard to get started, or I lost interest. Do you think it'd be worth? It, do you think it'd be worth it to buy a left-handed guitar to try again? If so, what kind should I buy? I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking an electric. 
or acoustic electric. Thanks for the show and advice. Now, Mark. Because it was right-handed. So I'm gathering from this email, a little deductive reasoning, (laughs) that you might be left-handed. Yeah, I think that's... So, Mark, cautionary tales from a from a life long lived. Um, left handed guitars are harder to find, more expensive, not as readily available. Something I was told long ago was that your hands will catch up to each other. Your rhythm hand will catch mm. up to your fretting hand eventually, um, and it's true. But if it's not comfortable, you're not going to want to play. So if you're comfortably playing a left hand, left-handed, then my answer is yes, get a left-handed guitar. Some guitar companies offer lefties at no extra charge. Uh, Martin Taylor, uh, Moniker guitars out of uh, Austin, Texas. Um, there's a few uh, that offer at no extra charge, and a lot of them the extra charge is like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Now, if you're a beginner. You're only going to want to spend like 200 bucks on a guitar, mm. 200 to $400. My recommendation for a starter guitar is Yamaha. Oh. They make great starter guitars, uh, starter acoustics. And I would say start on an acoustic because they have thick steel strings that mm. will tear into your hands mm. and it will hurt. And what's great about that is you'll build the calluses faster. And when you eventually move over to an electric, you'll be like, I'm playing like a, on a cloud. Honey, that is great advice. That's my advice. Uh, look at a Yamaha. You can get a Yamaha acoustic electric for a reasonable amount of money. That's great. <sighs> um, that is great. Donors, we're going to get at you. We'll get we're to you. We're in a busy, we're in a busy stretch. We, and look, I feel terrible about this. My wife feels much worse than and I And I do. yelled at Matt about she it. She did. And I said, if you want to think of facts, then you think of facts. And, and she's like, I will. And then, you know, I and then I, and then I had to, I had to prepare the podcast, but I feel terrible because people are kind enough to donate and we promise them facts. I know. And we're going to get them their facts, but I feel bad. What? How many people do we have for this week? Do you know off the top of your head? I forget because you requested that I start sending them to yeah, you every day. I think day. it might be like tw- 14. Something like Something that. like that. Those 14 people. Do we have their email addresses? Uh, probably. I'm going to email every one of them. Okay. And say that I'm sorry. Also, they're going to get a fact next week. Wow. All right. I'm going to make it up to them. Um, Maybe if, I'll ask for their addresses. If you would Maybe like to get a handwritten note, I I doubt you're going to do that, but okay. <laughs> um, if you would like to get on Matt's delinquent uh, <laughs> donor donor list, hard sell everybody. You can go to excellentadventure.com. Uh, Mary Jane has just redesigned the website. Oh, is it up? Yeah, I haven't looked at it yet though. But she oh, said she very redesigned exciting. It. Um, she walks dogs and helps us with the podcast. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, Your donations help pay for Mary Jane to help us with the podcast. Not the dog walking part. No. Um, So. Now the business. Now the business. This is what I was going to say. A thing that really helps authors a lot is when you leave them reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. So. Goodreads particularly. Goodreads particularly. Um, if you have read start up a novel and you 
feel so moved to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. And also, if you have read a book, another book recently by a different author, it's a nice thing to do to leave them an, a, a review. Um, it, it, you know, makes authors feel good. It helps people they find their the book. They took the time to write it. They took the time to write it. You could you, you take could the time to write a review. Take a take the time to write a review. The other thing that also helps um, is if you see a good review on Goodreads, you can say that you liked the review, and that moves it up in the little ranking thing and on amazon similarly there's a little thing at the end of each review that asks if you found it helpful did you and if you say yes to a good review it it moves it up in the ranking same is true for itunes actually too if you say that you found a review helpful it shows up first in the default oh wow ranking i figured that out um so those are all good great things you can do again uh this week come see me in new york Wednesday, I'll be at Housing Works at 7 p.m. Thursday, I'll be at Powerhouse Arena at 7 p.m. And then Sunday, April 30th, I'll be in Portland, Maine at 3 p.m. And we've already already heard from two listeners who said they're going to be there. So look, I'm just saying... Upwards of four people are going to be there. There's going to be upwards of four people in Portland, Maine at Print a Bookstore at 3 p.m. on April 30th. And then at 7 p.m. on Monday, May 1st is Boston, Mass. Newberry street trident booksellers and cafe if you guys want to hang out and go to newberry comics with me while no one's looking let's do it oh, i thought you were gonna say jp licks no oh. i go to the jp licks on uh, harvard street in brooklyn anyway fine that's my jp there's also licks. one by my parents i know but my jp licks of choice is across from the coolidge diagonally i mean that was the one i went to growing up well there you go. And then Thursday, May fourth, I'll be in LA at Skylight Books. If you'd like us to do a, if you'd like us to do a podcast all about Brookline, Massachusetts, <laughs> feel free to email us. That's very niche, honey. Um, yeah. Once again, you can always email us Dory and Matt or Matt and Dory at Gmail and call us at four one three four six one baby baby. You can also tweet at us, and you can tweet at us at Excellent Pod. And you can join our Facebook group. Oh, I was saying, like, tweet at us. You can tweet at us individually, too. Whatever. At Dory. At at Matt Myra. Uh, We have the Facebook group. The Facebook group has really been humming lately. Humming along. So join that. And we've put an end to baby dust. No more baby dust. Um, Cheryl, you didn't know. Don't feel bad. Oh, yeah. No, it's not Cheryl's fault. I just, I've been meaning to say that for a couple weeks and I kept forgetting and. When you said it in that email, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. We should redact it from emails. Yeah. There was actually one that I remember. Whatever. Um, a little behind the scenes fun. Yeah. You guys are really seeing how the sausage gets made. Yeah. We'll see you out there, guys. Uh, some of you I will see in New York. Some of you I will see in Boston. None of you I will see in. You're going to be in L.A. too. Uh, yeah. I have to be there. Yeah. You have to be there. It's a rule. Yeah. Bo won't be there, though. Bo will not be there. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. And have a baby bye. I'll safety pin this clothes all cool.